You know, I mentioned, for example, the check-in. I think that this will become an norm. People will go to store and will identify themselves when walking to a store because that's the best way to be able to connect this online and offline and that's the best way to have a very totally different experience. The consumer mindset has changed, yet we intuitively know that consumers have a desire to get back to something that feels normal. That's why in this series of episodes, we're looking at the future buying journey. What does normal look like to the post-pandemic consumer? In this context, what needs to change so we're prepared for our new customer journey? And what must we do to be ready for the next growth cycle? I'm Tizzy Philp, and I'll be speaking to a whole host of guests from the Valtech Future Studio team to talk through their insights, impressions, and reactions to this new era of customer experiences. We'll be talking connected experiences, the concept of the dynamic store, whether there's actually some pleasure in the friction we're all trying so hard to remove, and the need to mimic physical interactions in a believable way, as well as so much more. So let's get started. In this episode of the podcast, we are joined by one of our luxury experts from across the company to talk about luxury in the wake of the pandemic and how that is impacting a consumer buying behavior. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Nina, who are you? Hi, I am Lynn Tuzingan. I am the uh, VP of Experience and Strategy at Valtech, located in New York. I have been working in strategy pretty much my whole career and touched technology many years ago now when I decided to have a, a startup and technology that would uh, measure influence of people for their favorite brands. And then, you know, I joined Valdec uh, about five years ago, and I've been really spending a lot of time working with, you know, customers from many verticals, but uh, mainly in the retail and mainly in the luxury world, and really to help them to define strategy and customer experience that, you know, have been evolving so much in the last uh, few years. Great. And that's obviously what we want to focus on in this podcast series in general. So it's great to have you here. Thank you. Let's go back to the beginning about the difference between, let's say, traditional retail B2C buying behavior and the differences with when it comes to luxury buying behavior. So Pre-pandemic, let's go back to the beginning. What is the focus for consumers within the luxury B2C space? Well, I th- you know, you say uh, pre-pandemic. I think that pre-pandemic was a different world. Things have been changing a lot. You know, we have seen over the, yeah, the last, I don't know, 10 years maybe, you know, the e-commerce evolving. But luxury brands were really not, you know, the first one to join this trend because they were very concerned about how it could impact their brand and were thinking that, you know, the luxury experience was, uh, was an in-store experience. And from the customer point of view, luxury or not, you know, we have seen uh, a slow adoption from the, at the very beginning. People were a bit concerned to buy online. They would be concerned to put their credit card, you know, on um on a website and this has been evolved and now nobody even thinks about it twice. 
But still, everything before the pandemic, I think, was based on old habits. We have been used to do things a certain way. Mm-hmm. We have been used to go to stores to buy things. We have been used to go to the grocery store. And with the pandemic, you know, everything has changed because if the e-commerce was really becoming bigger and bigger and led by uh, Amazon for, for a lot of it, you know, for luxury brands, yes, now they were doing some e-commerce, but they still had, you know, some concerns and they were going more slowly, uh, but the pandemic changed that. What would you say if we think more of- if we focus more about the actual consumer behavior, what do consumers expect from a luxury experience, a luxury retail experiences? What are the key things that these luxury brands now are trying to turn into a digital version of that? What are the core things that they need to try and replicate? Well, I think, you know, and I mentioned that in a, in a previous podcast, you know, when I say that luxury brands have been have been in the world of experience forever because that's what a luxury is. It's not only about a product. It is about the whole experience of, of buying the product. And, and the, the brands really wanted to protect this. But now with, you know, with the consumer buying more and more online, they have expectation that they can buy online, that they can, that everything can be, easy, frictionless, and and fast, and receive the delivery. And so the customer expectations have changed a lot, while the luxury brands were not changing that much. But then many other retailers that are not luxury brands started focusing on creating an experience, started focusing on offering more than just display of, you know, merchandise. So for the luxury brands, it becomes even more challenging because now they have to find a way to be able to still be different and to be able to bring more to their customers than you know than a mass market retailer would. So, because of this, I think that they have been trying really to focus on what kind of innovation they they could do, and now we see more and more of the. The brands, and we've seen this in the beauty world, you know, for with Chanel and and with Mac more recently, where they create experience where the digital supports something that is much more personalized and customized once you're in store, because there is one thing that is different, which is a check-in. So when I get in the store as a customer, I can check in and then have a way to be to have a kind of a companion for my experience in store that will be able really to customize or even personalize my experience. Does it answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And we'll go on to those kind of more connected in-store experiences a little bit later in this conversation. But still still sticking with this more recent commerce explosion that we've seen within the luxury sector, if we can call it the commerce explosion, what do you think was causing luxury brands to be hesitant about having commerce environment beforehand you know we we, it was something that we didn't really see what was holding them back at that time do you think before before covid kind of increased the need i think that it even if it was not clearly expressed i think that it was the fact that 
they would no longer be in touch with this experience that you can create in a physical environment, that they would become just another form of transaction. And then their big concern was that we will no longer be different. So it will negatively impact our brand. People mm-hmm. will no longer see this difference that they can have. And they could not figure out how they could offer something different when doing the same thing than the mass market. That would be to be e-commerce. I think yeah. that this, this was the, 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 main, the main blocker for them. Yeah, that makes sense. And I also wonder whether there's something about not being able to replicate the really special in-store one-on-one experience that you often see within luxury for these luxury brands between the customer that often comes back on a regular basis and has a personal relationship with the, you know, the personal stylist or whoever's in-store. Do you think that could have been an issue too? Yes, it is key. The big difference, you know, you go to a luxury store and you will have someone they really, you know, they really take care of you. And they are not only there to say, okay, you want to try this, and then they go and they walk to look at some other customers. They stay there, they're with you, they're gonna give you a recommendation, they will offer you a glass of champagne. I mean, it's just, you know, all the context is different. You know, the decor is beautiful. And if you bring all of this online, in a way all of this disappear. And that was the big concern. So would you say now, having seen what we've seen over the last few months with how these brands have been able to respond to the need to have a strong online presence, would you say that though the presences and the online functionality that they have now has achieved those things, has filled some of those gaps, is as good as it could be? Or do you think they're still struggling to catch up from an e-commerce perspective? They still have, most of them, they still have a lot to do to be able to differentiate themselves. But at the same time, with the pressure of COVID, you know, we've seen customers coming to us and saying, before the pandemic, they were telling us, oh, yes, we want to do e-commerce. Oh, yes, we do some little e-commerce, but it was not, it was not a top priority. And now they are coming to us and they say, we have to do this now as soon as possible. It becomes a very you know, important priority. And they are also very interested in innovation, doing things differently. They also understand now that, you know, even if I am online, it doesn't mean that it is impossible to keep this relationship with my favorite stylist or my Mm -hmm. favorite beauty assistant. And we are building for some of our customers those features into their their e-commerce experience where you can really still have a one-on-one relationship. And you can even bring this further as we see that the stores that are coming will still reopen. Mm. And to be able to link the online and the physical world together where this experience becomes totally seamless. It can start at home and then continue in store because my dedicated assistant or stylist will know what I've been doing online and can could be for example you know that she is waiting for me with the items I'm interested in Mm -hmm. and then I can try this on right away so it's just really creating this continuity of the experience and making it 
really unique and exclusive. Let's focus a bit more on these connected experiences then, because it's not just about retail, is it? You know, when we talk about luxury, we're also thinking about luxury travel, luxury, yeah, luxury experiences in general. It could be luxury food and beverage, luxury restaurant. There's a luxury is a huge sector, isn't it? Where have you seen these connected experiences executed really brilliantly? What kind of things are you seeing or what trends are you seeing that have really impressed you? I don't know if I've seen that many that are really very, very well connected. But, you know, I mentioned, for example, the check-in. I think that this will become an art. People will go to store and will identify themselves when walking to a store because that's the best way to be able to connect this online and offline. And that's the best way to have a very totally different experience. And I think that this can really expand to to many things. You know, if we think about how the pandemic has been impacting the consumer and what we are looking for, if um, you know, if if I may shift a little bit the conversation and go mm. to towards that, I think that traveling is one where luxury will be very important. You know, I think that all of us we are so craving, mm. you know the experience of traveling and going because we, we could not. That was just not possible. So I think that, you know, I hear many people already to say, I can't wait to get on a plane. I can I can't wait to go to another country or to do it, you know, to do a vacation. And because they have been waiting for it for so long, they want to have the best experience ever. And I think this is a real, real opportunity for luxury in the in the world of uh, traveling. And one of the other ways that we could maybe tie that is when we think about this shift from products to services and ancillary services, additional services. What's your take on that? I had a conversation recently about this, where it is many things will be different. You know, I think that first of all. You know, I, I was talking about what we're craving, you know, we've been craving traveling, but we have been craving also the world of social. Yes. And, <laughs> and, you know, and, and although we spend all our days on Zoom, <laughs> in, in meetings nonstop, actually there is a Zoom fatigue, you know, and we hear this term very often. And people want something different. And I think that this is one of the reasons of, the huge success of Clubhouse right now. That is just an audio experience, but it is conversation. Mm. It, uh, you know, and people that don't know each other, but that can regroup around a topic of interest and have those conversations. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna link this, you know, to your question, which is, what does it mean in terms of uh, experience? But I just want to cover what are the things that are happening and the trends that we see and the consumer attitude and behavior that will have an impact because I think that, you know, the pandemic will change forever the way that we do business for many, many different companies and many different verticals. And this is part of it. It's just to say people are interested in social they are interested in sharing interests they are interested in community the human connection yeah human connection the community and if we if we think about this and we bring this back to the world of retail 
there is a, a company that is Gymshark that is not necessarily about luxury, but I want to I want to mention this example because I think that it's a very good example on how community is important. So the story of uh, Gymshark is that it is someone who was delivering pizza who was spending a lot of time in the gym and he decided that he didn't feel that he could find the clothes that he needed. So he started sewing his own clothes and then started to do this for friends and then has been growing. And then this brand is very big now. And the only way that it was built, it was built through influencers on TikTok and small influencers, more individual with very, you know, not a big number of followers. But what the founder of Gymshark says, he says, we are not a retailer. We are a community that happens to sell products. And it is a big shift. It's really completely looking at things differently. And I really believe that this is where we are going. I think that we are going to a place where what will be important will be this, you know, this impact of experience and community and that products will have a secondary role. So if we think about a luxury brand, you know, we were talking about experience when we walk into a store. But if you start mixing it with the technology, you start mixing it with the digital and the interest of the consumer. If I go to a Chanel store or if I go to in a Burberry store, Louis Vuitton, you know, any of the, the, the luxury brands, yes, I will, I will want to see products, but I will also have an interest in the history of the brand or the cause that they are supporting. So imagine that I walk into a store and I walk to let's say Chanel, and I can just point my phone to a product or to a screen or whatever it is, and then it will launch something like what Chanel has, something that is inside Chanel, which is the short clips and presentation, but it is the story of Coco Chanel, her life, which is very well done, which is very interesting. and this. This is not in their stores today. It's, they don't talk about it. They don't promote it. And I think that they should. And it could be also, if I go back to Clubhouse, I think that it's also something to think about. You know, If people are interested in social, in conversation with people that don't, they don't necessarily know, but that they have a common interest, why can't we bring Clubhouse into the store for a special event? sponsored by a Chanel or sponsored by uh, Harry Winston, whoever, you know, which brand it is. So I think that the future is more there, where it will become, we, we will all become part of selling product without necessarily selling product. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And it's a really interesting concept. And I wonder whether luxury brands are hesitant to to do that in the sense that they their brands often pivot on exclusivity and the wider you make the community the more available they make themselves do you think they worry that they're going to 
risk their exclusivity? And should they worry about that? I don't think that they should. And I, I think that they start, you know, some of them, they are gradually maybe getting there. Maybe they are not ready to apply something as, you know, like the way I just described it. Mm-hmm. But we see more and more, uh, you know, for example, Prada, they are you know, highly involved in some cause and they invest in startup and they are looking about, you know, sustainability in the world of fashion. Mm. So I think that more and more they start, they're getting there, but <laughs> they, there is still some exclusivity, meaning that the people that they will involve in the, in the conversation, it's still a bit at the elite. Yeah. Instead of giving the opportunity to have their customers to join the conversation. Yeah. Let's talk about regional differences when it comes to B2C buying behavior, because clearly there's a massive difference when we look at stuff going on in the US or Western Europe versus what's going on in China. What have you seen that's been interesting on that level? Well, China is becoming the priority on on all the brands <laughs> china is exploding right now if we talk from you know a retail or e-commerce point of view first they are more open to the world than they were so it makes it a bit easier for western brands to to get uh, on this market and there is also the fact that you know you have more and more asian people that are affluent and can really afford luxury products the big difference in the customer behavior is that they are much more, com- I'm going to say much more comfortable with digital. When we talk about China, we don't say that an experience should be mobile first, which we say a lot here. You know, we say, oh, we need to design something that will be mobile first because people, you know, will, will browse from their phone. When it comes to China, we say it should be mobile only because they no longer really use a desktop. That's really interesting. I had no idea it was so clean and dry like that. Yes, it it is. And everything is on their phone. Everything, even when, you know, more and more what you see is that you're going to go in a store and you can browse product, but Mm -hmm. you want to check out, you're going to check out on your phone, on your WeChat. You don't do the checkout in the store. So this is this is completely different experience. The mm-hmm. other big difference is that and and luxury brands, you know, uh, they see it and more and more they are experiencing, you know, to say how they can really build their presence there. Because what we see is that Asian people do not hesitate to buy something online for one hundred thousand dollars. They do not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> they. And it just, you know, we say, oh my God, you know, with so much money, why would I want to see the product? I want to touch the product. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we've seen things, you know, sell in no time. They like exclusivity. So if there is something that is limited edition or something like this and luxury, it will sell, sell within hours. It's a very different behavior, a very interesting behavior. And if we compare American behavior comparing to this, we are we are really behind in terms of you know how they, they approach this. The other thing also that is quite different is that 
they want an experience, they want exclusivity, but for them it can happen online or it can happen in a way where they a bit want to show off to say that, you know, they are buying those products and there there is some pride around it. But those are some key factors that are very, very different. And, you know, we have I've been mentioning WeChat, but they are also Tmall and luxury brands are more and more going there. And there is another one that they call the Pavilion, where it is even more expensive products and just where it is even more exclusive and it works really well. But everything is happening online. Do you think it is a case of you know, the rest of the world being behind the times when it comes to seeing how far China is accelerating ahead. Is it a case of us being behind or is it a case of consumers wanting different things? Can you ever really see that kind of experience flying in Paris, for example? It's going to take time. I've been working in Paris, Mm -hmm. or I should say traveling to Paris, uh, you know, twice a year for for many years because I was working with a a French company. And I would say that the cultural differences are not as important as they used to be, but they are still there. And the adoption of everything that is related to, you know, e-commerce, internet is even slower in Europe than it is in US. And US is slower than China. So before we can see this, going to the same place, I think it will take time, but I think that we will get there. The same way that at the beginning, not many people wanted to buy online because they were mm-hmm. a bit nervous about their credit card being online. Yeah. And now nobody even think about that. Yeah, it's true. So I, I really think that this is where it will go. And I don't know. I mean, I, there are so many new technology too, you know, and it, what can be done in terms of virtual reality. And I think that the, the world of online and offline will keep blurring. And the other thing that we see is also people using avatars. And so mm-hmm. we still have a lot to see, I think. For the companies who might be listening to this, you might already have embarked on a commerce offering of some sort, whether that's a fully mature e-commerce offering or just tentative steps into having an online presence. What do you think is the next thing that they should be thinking about beyond just basic commerce functionality, the ability to sell online? What do they need to be thinking about? Do you think that's how they're transforming their physical spaces to reflect this more connected experience or is it something else? I think it's a mix of things, you know, when I try in my vision, if you will, to connect everything, I think that A, they need to focus on the customer experience, definitely, and, you know, and not make the mistake of thinking about their business goals first. Of course, it has to be linked together because if you deliver a customer experience that the customer likes, but it doesn't give you benefit for your business, you know, it's not sustainable. It doesn't make sense. But I think that, you know, having a focus on really building the relationship with customer and creating something that is luxury, it, it can be very interesting. Why do stores need to have more than just samples? You know, if a store becomes a place where I can go and interact with other people around a topic of interest or or just have a coffee or just why do they need to have 
so many items in store instead of just sample. And then maybe I've been already shopping those samples from home before coming to the store. Maybe I can connect with someone who's going to help me and then I can try a sample and then I come back home and they're going to deliver the next day or even in the same day. More than a few samples of each size, I don't see why it's necessary. I don't see why I need to go to a car dealer. I want to have a, a test drive. They should come to me, pick me up, and then show me items, show me options and uh, samples of letters. And then they should offer services. I buy the car, with it comes, someone's going to come to my to my place once a week to clean my car, or they're going to come and pick up for the maintenance. They really need to think about everything that is around the product that create, that comes with the product as part of the experience and see how they can make this part of the experience better. And create that long-term relationship. Yes. I was also saying, what about the, the Tupperware of fashion? And it, it may sound may sound a funny expression, but that would be interesting if I can regroup with some of my friends and the stylist come to my home and has a lot of items, and then we can try this all together, and then we decide what we buy instead of us going to the store. That's maybe something else that you know could be interesting, and that could take and be done in a way that can be really high-end, very luxury experience. Lots of changes to come. But as you say, if you focus on the customer experience, but the customer at the heart of that experience, then then hopefully all good things. Then thank you so much for all of that. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the latest episode from Valtech Cafe. You can find out more about the Valtech Future Studio and the amazing work they're doing to bring together pioneering research and insights, strategic planning, human-centered design and emerging technology in an innovative way that transforms businesses at futurestudio.valtech.com. We've got a great lineup of Valtech Cafe content set to come your way this year, So make sure you subscribe to get the latest digital insights straight to your favorite channel. Until next time, thanks for listening.